You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. Hey, good morning, River. It's great to see you guys. And uh, as you can tell, we were not able to meet today because of the snow. And so uh, Dan, Jeremy, and I thought that uh, in lieu of that, that we would offer a video to you guys that uh, that you could watch at home uh, alone or you know with your family. And I want to encourage you to just take a few minutes today to honor the Lord and put Him first and uh, to worship uh, Him. It's kind of retro in many ways because the early church in the New Testament worshiped God in homes. So people would gather uh, every week and uh, they would meet and share together. And it was a very family communal kind of thing. And uh, we've, of course, it's hard to fit 100 people in one house. So we've, uh, you know, accommodated bigger buildings. But uh, anyway, so I, I would encourage you today, if you've not read First uh, John uh, 1, 5 through chapter 2, verse 2, to maybe pause the button just for a minute and read that, because I'm not going to read that this morning. Uh, I won't take a lot of time, maybe 10 minutes or uh, 15 at most. But uh, I just want to share some thoughts with you, uh, kind of somewhere between a devotion and a sermon, if you will. And uh, just to give you some encouragement, some challenge. And uh, and after you watch the video and uh, read the passage, if you're there uh, as a family or even alone, I would encourage you just to bow your heads together. And uh, so call the kids around and, uh, you know, grab that cup of coffee and watch the snow fall, if you will. And uh, let's just take some time to, to serve God. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to open up First John 1, 5 through chapter 2, 2 with you. So let me pray for us. Father, I'm so glad to be together uh, this morning, even with video. What an amazing thing that we can do as a church family. And uh, Lord, I just pray your blessing upon your word, just reading it, focusing on it, thinking about it and meeting uh, together in prayer. Lord, I'm excited the thought about people worshiping you uh, all over Gilderland and the Capital Region today. So Lord, I commit this time to you uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, if you have read 1 John 1, 5 uh, through 2, 2, then you kind of have a feel of what John's talking about. Um, I shared last week that, that John the Apostle wrote his letter to uh, to give people confidence, those who profess a faith in Jesus Christ, claim to know him as Lord and Savior, surrendered their life to him. Uh, God and John, the apostle, wants people to know that they have that relationship to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. And it's normal for us to have a time or even a season where we question and wonder and that that's not uh, uh, always a bad thing. It can be a healthy thing. Uh, if it's every day or every week, you know, and it's going on for months and years, then there's something that's that needs to be examined there. Either we really don't know Christ or we're coming under attack or there's something really uh, than our life that we're, that's allowing us and opening those doors of doubt. And so I, I would encourage you, if you struggle with that regularly, to, to talk with somebody, or even if you're in that season, to get some help and help have somebody pray with you, think with you, talk through with you, to ask you some questions and walk through that. But uh, what John is sharing with us this morning in, in verse 5 uh, through the early uh, two verses of chapter 2 is a litmus test to objectively consider whether or not we know Jesus. And so he wants to uh, hold our life up to the objective truths of God's word and say, how do they match? Does our life compare? Um, does it match God's word? So I want you to notice that, that John, as he's trying to help us to understand and wrestle with our salvation, he starts with the very nature and character of God. And he says in verse 5, God is light. In him is no darkness at, at all. No darkness at all. I saw a 
diamond last fall that uh, sold for $33.7 million. It was a good size diamond. I can't remember how many carats, like 300 carats. But what the claim was, was that it was flawless. Now, if you've ever uh, looked into buying diamonds, you know, there's a whole carat, uh, carat cut, clarity, and color, and, you know, the four C's. And uh, the clarity part, they grade it on all kinds of things and uh, how many inclusions or little things that are in it, you know, that, that kind of distract from the beauty. But a flawless diamond is where there are no visible imperfections or inclusions looking at a 10 uh, power magnification. 10 power is not a lot. Uh, it's a, just a, a regular normal binocular is 10 power. I want us to realize that God by nature is light, that he is a purity, that there is a holiness, a perfection, a purity to him. Uh, and to the degree that ramp that magnification up to a billion times, there is not one speck or hint of darkness whatsoever in his nature or character. That means that he's completely dependable at all times to always be good, to always be right, to always be fair, to always be just, if you will. And, and because of that, there's some major implications for you and for me in our life as we have a relationship with him. And John unpacks that. So all of this comes out of the very nature and character of who God is. And so he says that God's light and no darkness in him at all. In verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. So if on one hand God is pure light and no darkness at all, and we say that we have a relationship with him, but more than that, like we're tight with God. God is involved in our life and we're involved with him, that we're fellowshipping and sharing and participating and involved, like we're there together. But yet, that's our claim, that's our belief, that's what we're telling people, that's what we're projecting as an image, uh, in our image to the Christian community, to our church. But the reality is, is that our life, our walk, our habit, our thoughts, our actions, our behaviors, the things we go to, the searches we do on the internet, the, the things we watch, the, the speech that we have at work, when we're not around our close Christian community, that our life is actually darkness, that there is sinfulness, there is deceit, deception, uh, if you will, in that darkness, you know, darkness has a secrecy to it, a shroud, if you will. If we've got that too completely different ways of life, the way that we have on Sunday morning with our Christian friends or for even if we're in a life group, that we project one thing, but Monday through Friday or Friday night to Saturday night, that our life is completely different. And that's the normal character, habitual part of our life. That's the key there because we all sin. I'll talk about that in a minute. But if that's normal, then John says, we're, we're lying. That's Our life is a lie. Just it's a bold-faced lie. There is no truth. The truth is, is not only not in us, but we don't practice it. We don't not just believe it, but we're not doing the truth. So the first test, do I really know Jesus? Have I really surrendered my life? Is my faith real? Hold your life up to the light of God's holy standards. If there is a complete, complete difference in that, and that's the character of your life habitually, constantly, in your thoughts, in your your sinfulness, in your nature, and you're just bent on that, then John says you're not you're not practicing the truth. You're living a lie.
But the good news is, but if we walk in the light, in other words, if we're living a life that is growing, that is increasingly dealing with sin, and while we may sin, we sin, we're going to, I'll talk about that more in a minute, but we're confessing that and we're walking in a repentance and 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 continuing to overcome that then the bible says we're walking in the light like he's in the light then we have fellowship together one with another not just together with god but even as christians there's a deep and abiding connection that's way closer than even our blood connections that uh, that we have a connection together and the beautiful thing is that the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all of our sins so even the sin that we have that we're his stain remover, the blood of our Lord Jesus covers us and covers that. Now, John shares the same kind of thing three times, if you will. Uh, I've got an ice auger that we can go ice fishing with, and there's probably about 10 or 12 inches of ice on Mariah Lake right now. And it's a little hand auger. You just kind of spin it, and on the bottom are two big razor blades, in essence. And we can literally drill down about 30, 40 seconds tops through a foot of ice and just slowly, layer by layer, it just takes away, shaves away another layer of ice until you break all the way through and you can drop your line in. Well, what John is doing is kind of like that. He's he's kind of a little more stylistic, if you will, than a lot of the Bible writers and the apostles. And, and he's kind of ever circling and deepening. And so he uses literally the same formula like, hey, if you claim one thing, but reality is this. Then, then, you know, you, you say you're saved, but you really are not. And your life is, is, is completely in sin. Then here's the true reality of that. But if you really do know Jesus, here's that reality. And he does that three times, not three different things, but just kind of deepening it. And so he goes on and he says, if not only that, but in verse eight, if we say we have no sin. In other words, not only are we claiming to have a relationship with God, but if we're saying, hey, I don't have any sin. There's no sin in my life right in this very moment then we're deceiving ourselves. We go from deceiving other people and our life being a lie to we're lying to ourselves and the truth is not in us. You see, the reality is, is that even as followers of Christ, we're going to sin. We're going to sin every day. And, uh, and that's something that we should not shy away from. Something we actually need to hold very carefully. While we ought to have a sense of growing and walking in the light and improving, we should also realize there's a tension in there that I'm still a sinful man. I, I I have to deal with that. Like there's never a day that goes along that I say, oh, I don't have any sin today. I think everything's great. Everything's everything's good because then we are fooling ourselves. <laughs> it's complete self-deception. And that's what John's trying to cut through here to move past what our claims are and what we think in our head to get us to an objective reality, a DNA test, if you will. Is, is God really our father? Let's test our DNA. God's DNA is light. What's our DNA? What's our life? What's in our blood, if you will, flowing? Is it light or is it darkness? And if it's darkness, even to the point where we say, hey, I'm going to change the rules. I don't even have any sin. In other words, we're saying, I don't have darkness. And we're lying. We are so fooling ourselves. We just think we're a good person and everything's good and God accepts us based on that. We are absolutely kidding ourselves. I got I got baptized when I was a kid. I, I pray. I go to church. You know, I'm, I'm a good person. I don't have any sin. God says, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you are deceiving yourself. You are self-fooled. It's one thing to lie to other people, but it's a dangerous thing when you lie and believe a lie yourself and you bank your life on that. The only thing that happens after that is absolute disaster, complete crash and burn of your soul. And so John is challenging us to, to recognize the truth of where we are and to um, 
to admit that as a test to have a confidence. But in verse 9, he says, but if we confess our sins, so if we recognize our sins today, we confess them, we agree with God and get it out and transparently, then he's faithful. He is going to do this, reliable, will never fail. And he's just to forgive us of our sins, to, to remove any of that guilt, to send away all of that. And not just that, but to clean us up, to cleanse us, to, to remove the stain. You know, he removes the cancer, uh, if you will. And there can still be damage in our soul and consequences because of our sins. You know, even sins before we knew Jesus can have a lasting impact in our, our life and, and where we are. But he cleanses us and he removes that from us. And he's faithful to do it. And he removes us from all unrighteousness. Third stroke of the ice auger, if you will, the layer down, he says, and if we go even farther than that and to say in verse 10, if we have not sinned, so not only I'm claiming to have a relationship with God, but I'm really in darkness to a deeper deception. I don't have any sin right now. Oh, my goodness. I claim to be a righteous, good church going person or whatever. But God's like, no, you're not. Our third issue is, is, you know what? Not only am I good today, but I look back. I've never even sinned in my past. I've always been a good person. I was just born uh, good. God says, uh, I'm sorry, your deception now has risen up to heaven. We make him to be a liar. We're calling God to be a liar. That's always a dangerous thing. And his word is not in us because the Bible says that we're all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. So the, our first step in really having a true, genuine relationship with God is recognizing where we really are. We are sinners before him and we are in need of his forgiveness and his righteousness. And it comes from confessing our sin to him. And it comes by trusting in Jesus, his blood to be what forgives us of our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And so, uh, but the opposite of that is true in chapter two, verse two, uh, whenever they were putting the Bible chapters and verses, whoever did this, didn't quite do it in the right spot, honestly. Those are, these are not original. The words are original, inspired to God, but the chapter breakdowns aren't. They really should have broken chapter one at the end of verse two. But he goes on in verse verse one of chapter two. He says, "But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous." He goes and says to us, "But if we're willing to admit that we're sinners, and if some point in the time in the future, which is going to happen," going to happen tomorrow, going to happen the next day. We have an advocate. We have somebody standing in the gap with our father who looks at us and holy and pure. And his name is Jesus, Jesus Christ, the righteousness, our righteousness. He's our advocate. And he is the propitiation. Verse two, good Bible word, not a word that we use regularly, but he is the, the appeasement, the, the punishment of God for our sins. He took that wrath upon us. God's, when we look at the cross of Jesus, it's God's love and God's holiness, but it's also God's wrath. And Jesus took that punishment that you and I deserve. And that's why we can look confidently into the future that we're forgiven. So, so as we think about these things, one, do you know Jesus? Does your life match? Two, are you living in confidence today? You know, sometimes we really are saved and we know Jesus and we really have surrendered our life to him. But the little sins in our life, um, 
they get us so down and so discouraged, we ought to grieve and we ought to feel conviction. There ought to be a godly grievance in that. And that's a normal thing. But we should, in the same time, always have a hope, knowing that we're forgiven and that God loves us. And we have that advocate that covers that sin and that everything's okay in our relationship with God. So one, do you know Jesus? Two, do you have confidence? And three, the reason John is writing this, he tells the very first verse of chapter two, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. I, I want you guys to recognize God's light. You need to run. You need to be intentionally striving to living a godly life. Not so that you can be saved, but because you already are saved. It's a matching of your nature, your DNA into God. In reality, it's, it's more like God's DNA increasingly being a part of your life. You more and more living out what God has put inside of you. So I'll challenge you today. You know, take a little inventory of your life. God, is there anything in my life that displeases you today? Lord, would you show it to me? I don't enjoy when God shows me because I sin any more than I enjoy getting in trouble when I was a kid or my boss tells me, you know, well, you really blew this or, you know, I really did mess something up. But I, I enjoy the fact that God changes me and he loves me enough to hold me honest and accountable. And then he somehow in his wonderful nature restores me. And in the process of it, he, he draws me even closer in intimacy and a relationship with him. So don't run from your sins. Run to them, but run through them to Jesus, if you will, and have that confidence where he is today. So Lord bless you. If you don't know Jesus, surrender to him. Just simply, God, I know I've messed up. I want Jesus to save me and be Lord of my life. That just has to be a reality in your soul, what you're convicted of, where you're convinced of. And if you are, live in confidence and live in joy and live working and living out that godliness in your life today. So be safe. Uh, be, uh, pray for you as you shovel and all of that. And one prayer request I have for you, we have seven or eight people in our church that are right now in our church family that don't have a job or out of work or not getting paid. or And uh, that's just really unusual. It's, it's normal for us to have one or two, but there's seven or eight people, family, different families um, that, you know, need to eat, need to pay the bills and pay the rent and pay the mortgage and the car payments and all of that. And so would you just pray if you know one or two of those people and know their situation, would you pray for them by name? And if you don't, would you pray that God would open doors and provide and, and meet the needs of our church family? That's just a, a real need that we have today. Say, Lord bless you. See you guys in life groups. We'll be discussing this passage later on. You guys can drill down deeper. God bless. Thanks for listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Visit us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or online at riveralbany.com.